The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I am your host, Jake. How the hell are you guys? I hope you guys are doing well. This podcast finds you in a good place, whether that's midnights in your patrol car, driving to and from the work, or having sex. But anyway, this podcast is kind of a, a return to normalcy. We have haven't done a lot of these this season so far, but I just talked to a guy from Kentucky. He's a cop in a small town, and we discuss things out in Kentucky, a little different experience than the uh, guys from Kentucky before, and then we uh, get into some car stuff. So it's a fun conversation, really great dude. I think you guys will enjoy the podcast. But before we get going, got to give big thanks to the sponsors of this episode, and that is my good buddies over at Sector 99 Apparel. Sector 99 Apparel was created in 2020. Sector 99 Apparel is a law enforcement owned and small business apparel company specializing in modern and vintage style clothing, integrating original ideas with themes of American pride, military, and law enforcement for the everyday American. Please like and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and visit their website and use code PMPM for 20% off all shirts and hoodies. And I will have a link to their page on the podcast description. And just a quick note, I've got one of their hoodies. It's awesome it's really cool I, I saw it and i was like oh i gotta have that shit so they have good stuff law enforcement owned so all right well let's get to the podcast now coming live from the pmpm PM sex dungeon i have the blues brothers jake and elwood that was pretty bad welcome everybody yeah. to the very poorly made police memes podcast where i try to do something cool and failed miserably I'm your host, Jake, and I have with me the man, the myth from Kentucky, Elwood himself. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good, buddy. So the reason that we're going with the Blues Brothers theme here, which, man, the day this podcast comes out, maybe I'm going to go all Blues Brothers, is Jake. Nope, I'm going to fuck up the names. Elwood here, he contributed the Blues Brothers poster that I have in the dungeon. So I am eternally grateful. And I just want to throw out there, you don't have to give me stuff to get on the podcast, but it helps. You know what? I, I owe you a big apology because you were supposed to be my first Kentucky guy. And you are my third person from Kentucky really within a month. So do you forgive me? Uh, we'll see. To be determined. If you sent that to me, the Blues Brothers thing, 
I, I presume you're a big Blues Brothers fan. I am. Actually, I bought two of those, and I've got one, and I sent you the other. I appreciate you for that. One of the coolest experiences that I've had in my life is in Colorado. They have uh, Films on the Rocks, and if you're not familiar with Red Rocks, it's a beautiful theater in the Rocky Mountains. Well, not in the Rocky Mountains, outside of Denver. And has this great view of the skyline and all that stuff, and seen a lot of shows there. I've seen the first show I ever went to. If anybody can guess the first show I ever went to, I'd be pretty impressed. But first show I ever went to was there. I've seen all kinds of cool things there. I saw the Blues Brothers. They played the movie at Red Rocks, and they even had the 1974 Dodge. Uh, what the hell is it? It's a uh, Monaco, right? Monaco, yeah. Fucking glorious car, man. I have a picture of me sitting in it, which I don't know. Maybe I'll... I'll post it and blur my face out or something or put a duck mask on it or some weird shit but i would fucking murder for one of those cars man those are badass i don't have any uh memory of when i started watching the movie i just i don't know for some reason i just fell in love with it i remember watching that movie with my dad that was one of those movies that seemed like it was always on tbs or one of those stations every weekend it was like the blues brothers and a james bond movie and a dirty harry movie that's that's like memories with my dad and he always be like polishing his boots or cleaning his gun with old hops which i can smell that right now it's beautiful mm-hmm. i would buy a candle with hops maybe oh, i could yeah. get i could get them to sponsor the podcast classic smell i ooh, that's a good idea but anyway hey everybody send messages to hops am i saying it wrong though is it hoppies i've heard it both ways i've heard hoppies but i think it's hops but maybe the e is pronounced i gotta figure that out before i can be sponsors but i think all you guys should spam them and say, hey, poorly made police memes. He loves your shit. You should sponsor him. And that would be awesome. And I would love you guys for it. But yeah, so anyway, that that movie is just like etched in my childhood. And I probably watch it at least twice a year. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've watched it. But uh, last time I think we had the, the cable go out, the internet go out. I put the uh, DVD in and watched it. So You know what's funny is the TBS version is a little bit different than the DVD version version version. And uh, I remember the first time I watched the DVD and I was like, man, I don't fucking remember some of these scenes. This is awesome. Not that it was too bad, but it, it brought a little more flavor to the movie. Well, enough about blues brothers, man. Let's talk a little bit about you. You're a cop allegedly, right? I am. How long have you been a cop for man? Uh, right at about 10 and a half years. I like to ask people this just because I, I find it interesting because every once in a while somebody says something that blows me away. And then sometimes somebody puts a twist on whatever it is. But why did you become a cop? Why law enforcement? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask. I uh, don't really have um, a good story. Just uh, one of those things I think every little boy thinks about being a cop at some point. Um, when I got older, I was uh, probably in my early mid-20s. Um, working a couple uh, part-time jobs and didn't have benefits and insurance retirement and all that stuff. So I was starting to look into careers that had stuff like that. And I had a buddy that was uh, a deputy at the time and uh, he seemed to love it. So I did some ride-alongs. I thought it was something I could do. And uh, one thing that stuck out when I asked him uh, why he liked doing it, he said it beats having a real job. (laughs) So... (laughs) You know, so if you enjoy it, you know, it's not like a job, but, you know, it's you could really consider it. The only part about law enforcement to me that ever felt like a job was the administrative stuff. Like writing reports. I fucking you guys know it. I've talked about it. 
a fun report. I fucking love writing reports. I love, even though I can't speak and I can barely type out words, writing reports, just the, the craft of it. I just, I loved it. See, I, I'm not a report guy. I write good reports, but I don't enjoy doing it. I love it. I fucking love it. But, but I think why I don't enjoy it is because I try to do them really well. So I know it's going to take a while and be a process. So I always dread getting to that part. What really made law enforcement feel like a job is the administrative stuff, putting in evidence. That's something we haven't really got into on the podcast and it's pretty boring. So I don't know. Actually, it is kind of interesting because I'm always curious because that was, I feel like the biggest bitch for a long time is everybody fucking hated evidence corrections. Everybody hated putting in evidence and, you know, everybody whisper like, oh, did you know that this department does evidence this way? And, oh, this department, you just drop it off and somebody fills out everything for you. We should do that. We're cops. We shouldn't be out on the street. That's the shit for me. At least I, I, I dreaded it. I hated fucking putting evidence in or just the stupid administrative stuff you get stuck on sometimes. Yeah. But now I'm curious because I, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but you work in a, in a smaller jurisdiction, not as big as where I work. I'm curious what like a small town does for evidence storage. They just have a room and that's it kind of thing. Yeah. So at our department, we have a pretty good size evidence room uh, and it's sealed off, locked off. There's only, I think, two guys at any given time that have control over it. You know, in case something happens to one, there's someone else that couldn't get in there. Um, so if we pick up some evidence on a case or on an arrest, we bag it, fill out the paperwork, do all of it, and then we'll drop it. There's a, uh, we have a process. There's a box that we drop it into that once you drop it in there, it closes behind it. So you can't get it back out. And then the evidence tech or, um, officer will can go in the room and pull it out and then log it and store it away. Yeah. Ours was a lot of busy work. We had to get on the computer and then type in what it was and then print out a tag and then also write on a thing what it was and write it on there. And it was like a lot of repeated steps and a lot of stupid shit. And that drove me nuts. A a perfect story is I had literally a penny, right? And I was a rookie, right? So just hear me out. I had a penny and I was like, well, I don't get, you know, you hear in the academy, people get fired for the dumbest fucking shit. So I'm like, well, the camera said I had a penny. I had a fucking penny. So I had to go put this penny into evidence. I got a correction back. Not because I did anything wrong, except for I have to get a second signature on anything of value before I can put it in there. That a second officer watched me do it. Or a second officer checked and saw that there was a, a certain amount of money in there. It's a see-through envelope. There was a penny. <laughs> You could see the fucking penny. This is why I hate the government, folks. I'm just saying stupid shit like that. You can't think outside the fucking box. But anyway, enough about my uh, my evidence problems. But so when you you guys ba- do, you guys have like cops that are the only people that can get in there. Like who manages the evidence room at a small police? Yeah, they're, they're, it's an officer in the department, you know. And then like I said, there's a secondary that uh, doesn't work in there but has access to it just in case something happens. Now is that officer? still assign the road and that's just like an extra duty they have or how's that work yeah yeah pretty much everybody our department still works the road with the exception of one or two so anything you do is just extra work you know and there's not somebody that gets paid as like i'm the evidence officer so i get like a bonus or a dollar more a fucking hour or something right nope it's just uh something they agreed to do and 
it's usually somebody like the, the ones that have done it most recently are uh, very senior guys that have been there 15 plus years, you know, that aren't going anywhere and can be trusted and all that, you know. I got you. Well, I'm sure it's too like oh, something a little bit different, I guess. All right. So that, now that we've uh, established evidence, no, go ahead. What were you going to say, buddy? I was just going to say, and typically they work day shift because if somebody comes to, uh, you know, recover stolen or lost items and stuff, then they're there during normal business hours, you know. I gotcha. You know, it's the, I think us city guys don't even realize how good we have it or had it for me. It's because <laughs> I didn't have to fucking worry about it. Yeah, I got pissed at the process and it took forever, but eventually I just, I dropped it in there and I never had to fucking worry about it ever again. Except they would be like, can we destroy this? And I'm like, it's, it's trash. You can throw it away. Yeah, we go through that maybe once a year or so. They'll say, we need to go over your evidence. And then the, you have to look up your cases and see if they've been played out or if they're still going and all that. See if the uh, evidence can be destroyed. See, again, that's the busy work that I felt like was more like a job. But everything else with law enforcement, it's not a job. Let's get to fucking go do fun shit. Well, when it used to be fun, but that's <laughs> that's a different story. Used, used to be. Well, okay, so you're in Kentucky, and I, based on my conversations, kind of depending, obviously, since you're my third, no offense, I know a little bit about Kentucky. Uh, Louisville, did I do it right or did I fuck it up? That's pretty close, yeah. Pretty close. I can't, whatever. Um, seems like it sucks ass, but depending on where you're out in the state, it's probably not too bad, right? Or what's your take on all that? Yeah, that's pretty pretty much right. Uh, the bigger cities, Louisville, Lexington, uh, northern Kentucky, up around Cincinnati, those are your bigger cities and they have their bigger city problems. But everywhere else is pretty much fine. Well, because you mentioned when it used to be fun. Has the job changed a lot for you over the last 10 years? Uh, not so much uh, because of politics or social stuff, but just because uh, I've been doing it a while. So it's just not not the same, you know. So what you're saying is the honeymoon phase is over for you. Yeah, I could, you could say that. It's interesting, kind of the different dynamics and what different people go through. Like I felt, and there's always those guys and I'm not trashing those guys, but there's those dudes that like, I did 40, like my dad, my dad's a perfect example. He's, he's going to be a cop until he croaks at his desk. I did it for 45 years. I fucking loved every minute of it. And then there's, you know, guys that it wears on them. I mean, I think it happens slower or quicker depending on where you work and your administration and people in your city and the clientele and stuff like that. But I wonder though, at least for you, I'm no psychologist, but I wonder if it's one of those things that maybe, maybe it's like a little lull in your career and something will happen and it'll reinvigorate you. Maybe because I've stuck it out this far. Um, part of it's kind of what I think you talked about with uh, Mattingly and some of the others you know, they do something for three or four years and then go to a different division or go to a different unit and they're doing something different. And there's always something new and exciting to learn or do. But at a smaller agency, it's it's the same old thing every day, you know. I have this perception that small town guys bounce around a lot. Obviously, you've been at the same place for a while or for your whole career, right? Yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, based on the guys you've worked around, do guys bounce around a lot? just to kind of get that change of scenery or what's been your, what, what's been your perception of, it or what have you observed? Uh, some people move around for various reasons. And sometimes, you know, the next department overpays a little more, you know, something like that. But um, down here, we're all pretty much the same. So usually you just end up working close to where you live or whatever is most convenient for you. 
I mean, there are some uh, jumping around, but it's it's not a lot down here. Like, what's what's a, a career there? Do guys do twenty years and they can retire? How long do they do before they leave? Uh, well, it used to be twenty years. Right before I started, it was a twenty year retirement, and then they moved it up to twenty five, and then that lasted for a few years. And now I think the new guys that just come on are. Uh, like 27 plus and it's more of like a 401k style retirement or i'm still in like a a pension plan okay or that leads me into something i haven't talked about a whole lot on the podcast i'm always really curious and i never ask about how pensions and retirements work in different places and we all know cops are terrible at managing money this is a joke older than time itself but i i was always curious like do these little towns like do they buy into like a state pension system or what usually happens for a small town guy as far as retirement goes. So you're in like a 25 year pension. Is that through like the, your jurisdiction or is that through the state or how's that work? No, that's through the state. Um, so we're in the hazardous duty retirement through the state. Uh, the same, well, down here you can either be in hazardous duty or you can be a law enforcement and not hazardous duty. And that's up to the, uh, the agency, whether they want to uh, pay the extra money or not. And there's a lot of them down here that aren't hazardous duty which is crazy. Wait, so that's the thing. Basically, he's like, ah, it's a couple extra bucks. We can't do that. So fuck yourself. Now, yeah, that's when a, you retire, that's do you get less or how's that work? Yeah, you have to work longer. And then I think your, uh, your retirement, your pension is less. I don't know how much less, but, uh, you know, it's pretty significant. So you're, you're, you're on the old plan, which I think there's definitely a debate to have between pensions and 401ks, which we're not going to have here because I'm not a financial guy. That could be a thing sometime on the podcast. So you got to do 25, right? Yeah. You guys have a drop or no? Uh, what do you mean? Okay. You don't have a drop. So my understanding okay. of drop <laughs> is uh, you basically, you put in your papers, like I'm done at 20 and you finish out the last five of your year, your five years, but you have to leave right then. You can't stay any longer, but you can start collecting your pension and your regular salary those last five years. No, I've never heard of that here. Yeah, I've, I heard of it at least one place. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. Now, is the your final salary based on, is there like a set number for every cop in the state or is it based on like your last couple of years of salary or what? No, it's it's based on what, what you earned uh, while you were working. So, you know, if someone's at a, a better paying department, their retirement's going to be better, obviously. Um. I've heard some of the older guys talk about their high three. It's an average of the highest three uh, yearly salaries, but I don't know if that's in mine or not. I honestly, I haven't looked into it enough to know. I gotcha. Now when guys leave there, so let's say they start at like 25 and they do 25, they leave at 50. Is that one of those things where people will do, they'll take on a second career. Or can guys actually be like totally done at 50? No, we just had a guy leave after his, uh, 20 and he was relatively young because he started young and uh he's drawing his full retirement but he's also working another job right now just because i guess he wants to stay busy but but now he's he's drawing his full retirement you know this is an odd place to pull this in but i i was thinking about this today and so you're gonna get drawn into this i hope you appreciate it i i've been thinking about this whole working from home thing a lot and i know it doesn't really apply to you but i can speak with some authority about it. I've basically been working from home for a year. Granted, this isn't like a real job. It's kind of a job. I do shit. And I like being at home with my kid, but I can definitely see why like stay at home moms go insane. 
because you know you're not out and about talking to people it's i think it's like a normal thing to go out into the world and work and there's a lot of people that are advocates of well you know what we learned we can do everything by zoom no more going to work we're just going to do everything at zoom which i think that should be like the exception not the rule you want to fucking go to work you know whatever job you have whatever office job you have you fucking go to work and you're sick or maybe i don't know something happens hey can i stay at home and work today okay whatever but I think people are, you know, people are really anti going back to work. And I think before it was like, well, COVID and blah, blah, blah. But now people just don't want to go back. I'd be curious if in like a year or two, people are going to experience what I've experienced and be like, yeah, I, I got to go back to work. I, I can't be at home 24 seven. I don't know. I don't know if you have yeah. any take on that. I know it doesn't really relate to you, but I just, I've, I've been thinking about that. I found it interesting. No, my wife got to work from home quite a bit when the, uh when COVID first really hit and locked everything down and, you know, she loved it, but she, she would rather stay at home. I like to be out and about, like you said, I, I could do it for a little bit, but I like to be out moving. You know, I think it, it depends on the person too. Like some people are, you know, more introverted and they're like, fuck it. I can stay at home all day. I think you gotta have that. I, I talked about it on a prior podcast. I, I think you have to have kind of that balance of, I lost my entire train of thought, buddy. Just staring off in the distance and it just, it went away. Um, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine having to go to one building or one place and stay all day now after doing police work where you get to get out and move around and drive and just kind of do whatever you want. I couldn't imagine going to a factory or a a store and just stay in there all day. Yeah. And that could be a me problem too, where I'm thinking like, I got to go out and I got to move around. But you know, if I decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm don't worry. I got no plans to leave you guys, but I, if I'm like, all right, I got to do something during the day and do PM PM at night or whatever. I think there's something to going to work and having like a group of friends at work too, like kind of that, that separation from home kind of thing. But I I'm with you too. I, I, I don't know. I think I'd go fucking insane being in one place, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully I, I never got to worry about that, but you never know. But I, I think it's just, it's normal to have interaction with people, but I definitely think it's based on personality. Yeah. So does your wife go back to work? No, she's been back for a while. It's just uh, if she could work exclusively from home, she would be all about it. Interesting. But I hopefully uh, we remember this conversation in like two or three years if I'm not canceled by now or something horrendous hasn't happened. And uh, we'd be like, hey, let's see. What, what is everybody doing? Is everybody back to work? Or are we still doing that at home thing? I'd be really curious how that all plans out. Or who knows, man? Election year is coming. There might be a whole nother pandemic. I don't even know. All right, back on topic. We'll talk about cop stuff again. So you have kind of an interesting thing where you're a cop and basically you're in the cop in the same town you grew up in, right? Yeah. Is that like one of those things like you went to high school, you know, everybody type of thing, or do you have enough population where like there's been some change in the folks, change in the community, I guess. Well, there's several different schools around here and stuff. So it's not like everybody went to the same place, but yeah, I mean, it is pretty common to run into people that you went to school with or have to arrest them or deal with them on calls. So it's always a little bit awkward, but you get used to it. So it's never been like one of those things like, Hey man, you pulled down my pants and gym. Now you're arresting me. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, every now and then though, you will run up on like some distant family or somebody you kind of know, maybe they're DUI or something you'll get another officer like hey do you care to do this for me i don't i kind of know this guy you know now so. 
that's that's fair i i always thought that was kind of the right way to think do things that that way there's no you know nobody thinks you're being improper yeah i always wondered about especially i mean you're not in like a tiny tiny place but i've always wondered about like these tiny towns where people never leave and you have like a cop that knows everybody that's got to be awful tough when you know it's somebody that you you know probably friends with or you have a quite a history with i bet that could be kind of problematic we're pretty good size i mean i think we're about 10,000 population in the in the city limits and quite a bit bigger than that in the outer areas. I got you. So there, there's folks around. There's not like, it's not just like a little map dot. No, we're, I mean, we're not as small as it may seem, you know, when we that's first what, started that's, talking. But. That's what I'm saying. I'm not as small as it may seem. That's, that's right, what I'm saying. Right. Anyway, I, I just a, a quick shout out. The patch you sent me is probably the best patch I have. I don't know that anyone will beat that patch. I can't so, post it because I'm not a blue Falcon, but it's fantastic. Uh, funny story about that. We changed patches. That's an old one. And uh, a buddy, uh, yeah, a buddy of mine, which he's probably, uh, he'll be listening to this. He sent you our current patch. And he told me that he sent that one. I was like, oh, no, I got to send him one of the, one of the other ones. So that's now why I'm I messaged to, you. I've got a lot, not to brag, but I got a lot down here. Now I'm going to have to figure it out. Like, Oh shit! What's the new one and what's the old one? So, so you, you yeah, basically you, you're you're a one upper, is what this is. Oh yeah, he was ashamed of it. I was like, oh no, that's like patch is classic. I gotta send it out, dude. I'm I'm fucking grateful, man. It's such a good patch. Never yeah, gonna find another one with that. Uh, you know what I'm talking about on there? Oh yeah, no, I won't. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. It's great. It's the it it is the pinnacle of my collection here. It it's pretty awesome. Anybody sends me patches, which uh, by the way, you want to send me a patch, send me a message, a DM, as old Larry used to say. That I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I purposely kind of be weird about saying shit. And my brother's like, it's not DM or no, I used to say Dims, right? And uh, he's like, dude, it's not Dims. I'm like, I know, I'm trying to be funny, dick face. Anyway, comedy. I'm curious. Obviously, I don't want you to like dime yourself out, but are you close to West Virginia or no? No, not really. Okay. Um, I'm more toward the bottom of the state. Okay. Okay. I, I, I said it before on the other podcast. I really like kind of the middle part, Kentucky and Tennessee. I mean, I think around the cities is trash, you know, Memphis and Louisville and all that shit, but that's it's just like a really beautiful area, man. The hills and everything is green, and it, I don't know. I I, may, I know they're not they're not mountains to you, but they're mountains to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's an early front runner for the uh, the podcast. I like that. Um, that's not Blues Brothers related though. Um, there it is beautiful though. I mean, and here's the thing about those mountains: you can go up to the top and only have like a minor heart attack where if i go climb the big ones in colorado that's like a major heart attack so there's something to be said about that for sure there are no mountains in iowa though i can confirm that mountains of corn there are you know what funny story there are mountains of corn there you know the the big grain silos sometimes they don't have the Mm -hmm. grain in the silo and there's literally a mountain of corn which I'm curious, could you actually, could you walk up that? Or is that one of those things you take a few steps and you would just sink? Yeah, I don't think you're getting to the top of that. No, I think that you could drown and die in corn. You could suffocate via corn, I believe. 
If uh, anybody has any core knowledge, I would love to know. I'm going to get a lot of weird messages this podcast. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to take a minute and talk to you about my friends over at CopQuest.com. Visit them to instantly save up to 20% on Safariland, Blackhawk, Condor, and so much more. Plus, if you're looking for some custom ID patches, name tapes, engraved name plates, and embroidered patches, they are the place to go. Use code COP5 at checkout to receive an additional 5% off your order. Again, that's copquest.com and use code COP, the number 5, at checkout for an additional 5% off of your order. We'll be right back with the podcast. So... One, like when we were talking earlier, one of those one of the things that you mentioned we wanted to uh, I want to talk about was kind of some of the the shitting on smaller agencies by big city guys as far as like training and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I listened to that. Was it the Royal Badge? The Charlie, is that her name? Yep. And she went over a lot of the things that I wanted to say and did it a lot better than I could. I believe in you, buddy. <laughs> You know, Charlie comes at it as far as like a writer, but you've actually experienced some of this stuff. Well, it's just kind of like what you've talked about. I think in one of the last couple of episodes I listened to about, you know, even like the meth heads and the, the thieves and stuff being nicer in the rural towns. And that's just not the case. You know, they're. I was, I was out of line for that. I said it and yeah. I was instantly that's, it's not quite what I meant. It, and I'm going to be, I think. I don't know the right way to articulate this because articulate this I'm not articulate, but I think generally in the smaller areas, people are in general better people. I think, do you have hardened criminals in these smaller areas? You absolutely fucking do. Don't like, so I don't want that to be like, I, I feel like that was kind of a, like a shit stain and one of the dumber things I've ever said on the podcast, but that's not exactly what I meant was like, oh, you know, even the meth heads love cops. I think you're more likely to have a meth head that likes cops out here, though. Yeah, possibly. But I, that's not scientific anyway. Maybe, but maybe but that's continue. maybe we maybe maybe that's because we treat them better, though, too. You know what? There is. It's interesting. There is something to be said for that. And now I'm going to have all the big city guys and their man buns up in a up in a tizzy about this. But I. I feel like I'm, I've always been kind of a small town guy. I grew up in the Denver metro area and I lived in a small town and I came back and I'm a pretty mellow dude. And I saw a lot of cops that could fucking kick ass that if they could really talk to people, they didn't have to kick people's ass, but they could if they needed to, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes within these big city departments, the art of being decent to people, even though they're shit bags is lost. Yeah. Where, you know, you guys in the small towns, like my, my friends in Iowa said is you got, you know, your fucking covers a long ways away. You got to talk to these folks and you got to know how to talk to folks because you, you don't want to fucking start a fight and, you know, have to fight with them for, you know, half hour before your cover gets there. Yeah. So we, we usually have, you know, two or three, four guys working at a time. So it's not a, a real big issue. But still, though, I mean, they may be on a call and you're on a call, so it may still be a few minutes where somebody gets there. They're not in the car with you right around the corner all the time. So uh, learning how to talk to people and read people and uh, at least hold them off, you know, stall them until somebody gets there. You know, that's uh, one thing I think um, I know you've mentioned it before and some others people 
saying, you know, go hands on and don't use a taser and all that stuff. Um, you know, if you go hands on with somebody right away, you're pretty much guaranteeing a fight of some kind. And if I you're just, alone, I or just got one. That. But well, can, well, you, you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You keep going. We'll, we'll discuss it. No, go ahead. And then we'll, we'll branch off well, from there. Well, what I was going to say though, is I think if you're very quick and you're, you have used good techniques and, and this is like a very broad argument. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not a BJJ guy. I'm not a fucking arrest control master. Like we learned Koga in our academy. That's what we learned how to do. That's what my department did. And you could grab onto somebody and have them twisted up in handcuffs pretty fucking quick if you're efficient and knew what you were doing. Where to me, that's like a form of de-escalation is getting them before they even know, fucking know what's going on. Where to be fucking completely fair and honest once everything started happening with like oh the police are violent and all this crazy shit you kind of took that away from people and i think and this is not like a backed by science or anything like this This is just like a perception of mine is that you see a lot of these uses of force go bad when maybe a couple years ago they wouldn't have gone south because guys would have used hands-on techniques properly or went full board and didn't half-ass it where I think people now are half-assing things because they don't want it to look bad. They're so worried about the perception of how things are going to look. And then they, they kind of hope and wish things are going to go well. And then when they go South, now all of a sudden you have no control over this person. They know they're going to jail. They know they're going to be grabbed onto. Now you're, you're forced to up your use of force when maybe before you had the element of surprise, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. But if you go hands-on and it goes south, you know, then you know it's going to be a minute before somebody gets there to help you, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's a big debate because, I, I, you know, we've all seen the videos, right, where somebody fails to take action. And I wish I could remember exactly where this was, but there's a guy, a cop that – it was a DV, I remember, right? And he's just outside talking to this guy, and I think he had PC, and I think he was waiting for his cover to get there. And what the point they brought up is to control people, control their hands and stuff like that. And the guy's just kind of letting him, you know, dive his hands into his pockets and kind of thing. And eventually the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him. We've all seen those types of videos, right? So there, there's kind of that element of, okay, cool things off. And I'm going to bastardize something. What my dad said a long time ago on the podcast, but the big city guys, you know, they're always ready to like go hands on and grab people and do all those kinds of shit. Well, when we went through the academy, we're taught they're putting their hands in their pocket. They probably have a gun They, You know, you say, hey, keep your hands out of your pocket, but they keep diving them in there. They probably have a gun. Maybe they don't, but you don't want to take that risk. So, you know, we basically where I worked before before the dark ages, if you're talking to somebody and maybe you don't have a reason to pat them down yet or you're kind of working on that and you know, they dive their hands in your pockets say, Hey, you know, I haven't patted you down for weapons, anything like that. Um, keep your hands out of your pocket while we're talking. If they continue to dive their hands in their pocket, you're going to search that person. Potentially you're going to dump that person, depending on the circumstance, that shit doesn't happen anymore. So it's, it's hard because there's a perception in the bigger cities. And I know I'm rambling here, but it, it's a lot. Like there's a big argument about this. You could, you could, talk for hours about this and i think it's one of those things you just have to kind of figure out on your own because anytime you have one of these incidents and everybody can look at it from a million angles like well 
you know, if uh, he just controlled his hands, he wouldn't have got that weapon. Or um, the perfect example is the guy that was reaching for the weapon in his pocket uh, and they made him out to be a hero and the cop shot that guy. Um, what the f- I always forget that dude's name. You know which one I'm talking about? The yeah, one with the, the, one the, the gas station. The one at the oh, gas station. One. Yeah, I can't think of his name, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that type of shit right there is is the whole thing about like people reaching their hands and all that kind of shit. So there's this big... Uh, this is big for the non-cops listening because I, I think the cops that listen to podcasts kind of get what I'm talking about is you you run that risk. Okay, I'm just going to kind of be calm and talk to this person and, and kind of calm them down. Well, well, they're doing weird shit and their they're verbal body cues, which you can't even fucking rely on anymore if you work in a big city. They're telling me something else. They're, there's something fucking up. And you used to be able to act on that. You could articulate, hey, look, I'm talking to this guy. He's making weird movements into his pockets. He's blading. He's doing this shit. Um, you used to be able to articulate taking some kind of action. Like perfect example is the Dages case, right? Where the guy takes a bladed stance and uh, Matthew Dages grabs onto that dude. That was a total fucking non-issue. I can't believe that even became a thing. Cops all over the country have done that for fucking decades and he gets charged for it and loses his job. It's insane. But it's hard because, I, and I've said this a long time ago on the podcast and I continue to say it. I felt like towards the end of my career, I was compromising my safety. And that was one of the things where I walked away. I'm like, I was taught all these things to be worried about. And now you're telling me not to be worried about it. But that's, as unfair as it is, it's a, a different environment. Like you don't, you do have the hardened criminals in the, in the smaller areas, but I, I think it's, maybe it's unsafe to say, I don't know, but you do have bad people in small areas, but it's how often are you dealing with them kind of thing, right? Where in a big city, there's, look, there's more assholes in a big city. There's generally, yeah. there's yeah. decent people in smaller areas. So you have to think about that too, where you can't just, if grandma is putting her hands in her pockets, you can't fucking jump on grandma. Right. Or, you know, the farmer, you can't just do that. Like good people. Like it's, you have to recognize there's different styles of policing and you have to look at things different ways. And it's very complex. And I know I just rambled for a while, but I hope that made sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't go hands on. I'm just saying sometimes you have to uh, weigh the risk and read the circumstances and see what's best, you know, you basically said everything I said in like three words and it was much better, <laughs> way better, but and that's, it is what it is. Right. But I, I don't, again, I don't want to t- take away from a small town guys because as we've established it on podcast. If you go look at like the line of duty stuff, it's, it's a healthy mix is wrong way to put it. It's there's a big mix of, you know, guys, in small towns, guys, in big cities, guys, in medium sized cities. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, but it's just, the job is the same in a lot of aspects, but I think it's very different in a lot of aspects too. Yeah. I'd like to see the numbers just per capita, the like officer involved shootings versus like over where you come from. I know we've had a lot down in this area in the last few years and it seems like it's way higher than it should be, but, and they're all legitimate. It's nothing, nothing even remotely sketchy. They're all justified. And God, we had a year where my agency had like six or seven, just my agency. I'm trying to, I don't know. It, it is one of those things too. It changes too. Like some years it's high, some years it's low. It's, I, I hope you don't feel like I'm shitting on like the small town guys like, Oh, it's not safe or anything like that. But I'm just trying to understand, you know, the perspective because I'm going to get back into law enforcement, I think. And it's not going to be in a big city. It's going to be a lot different. And I know 
I know that what I did there is not going to fly here. And I know it wouldn't be right to do that here, but that doesn't mean that it's not that I'm like totally safe. Like nothing bad's going to happen to me here. I I'd be, I would argue there's more guns out in the country in the smaller areas than there in the cities. Oh yeah. I'd say a lot more. And people that know how to use them. Eh, yeah. Some do. Some do. Some do. Some yeah. don't. I don't want to keep rambling, but I, I was thinking about this when I was taking a shower which uh, usually I think about other things when I'm in the shower, but that's a little weird. Yeah. (laughs) The big city and like the little town departments, I got to be honest. I think the worst agencies in the country are big cities for by and large, nobody knows each other. The training's bad. It's like generic, like stupid training. I think small, small, like map top places, potentially could be bad but i think those places you might have people more invested i think the best agencies to work for is probably like the medium to like small medium-sized agencies like you know your department you know population around like five to twenty-five thousand. a lot of those apartments are probably not too bad but and then some of the bigger ones probably aren't bad either but it's honestly I think it just depends on the leadership, but I think a big city, no matter who's your fucking bosses, do you think those guys are getting the amount of range time they're supposed to get? I think they're getting the defensive tactics time they're supposed to get. Um, that's uh, one of the things out of the, you know, the whole defund thing that, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, defund the police motherfuckers. We need more training. I'm first one to fucking tell you that I'd love more training. Send me to more training. I would love it. How's training out in Kentucky. Uh, I mean, probably don't get as much as we should uh i think i don't know if you talked about it with the first guy or not um but we're required uh by the state to do 40 hours each year of the in-service training and anything additional would just be whatever your department does like at the range or something else but now are those 40 years like is it mandated like the same exact shit every year or is there a little bit of wiggle room no they uh well for us a lot of the smaller departments well, pretty much anybody except uh, Louisville, Lexington State Police. Um, we all get our in-service training through the academy in Richmond. Um, sometimes they do on-site training at different places in the state. That's uh, Richmond's a pretty far drive if you're out in the West. You know, it's only it's less than an hour for me to get there. Um, but they have a, a variety of classes you can choose from. Some departments will kind of let you choose what you want. Some will just put you in what they want you to have or what's available. Uh, I actually go here in a couple of weeks. I've got a domestic violence class. So so they're teaching you how to be part of the 40%. Yeah, I hope so. EV jokes, folks. A new low. Um, but I've had all kinds. I've had firearms classes, uh, um, fingerprint, like evidence collection classes. It's interview and interrogation i mean it's they usually have a variety of stuff to choose from now are the departments and i'm not gonna like put you on the spot but are places pretty good about letting guys go to stuff if they're like hey i want to get this specialized training or is that something where guys are paying money out of pocket to go do uh we don't have a lot of that here uh it's pretty rare other than like you know if they send a canine to train or something like that's required but just going off to special stuff on your own doesn't happen a lot here i don't think they would shoot it down but getting them to pay for it is probably gonna be hard to do now i guess money always kind of comes into factor anywhere you work in the country do you think kentucky 
compared to like the cost of living, the pay is pretty fair. Is it pretty low? I would, it's still on the lower side. There's a lot of jobs around here. I mean, for most of the departments in this area, start and pay, uh, you can go to Walmart or somewhere and usually make more money starting out. Are you kidding me? No, I absolutely am not. Dude, that's awful. Dude, <laughs> it's <just> awful. <laughs> so like a cashier at Walmart could make more than a starting cop. Potentially, yeah. That's not unheard of. I'm not here to say that. Here's the thing. And people like like to argue the calling thing with me a lot. You know what? That's It's whatever your perception is, man. If you don't think it's calling, that's fine. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, that's cool. But I think you can get some pretty decent folks that want to, you know, just make a difference and, and go do that kind of work. But you're scaring off a lot of good people because they want to make a living. They want to provide for their families. They want to have nice things. Do a lot of your guys have second jobs or work at other departments or all that stuff? Uh, some occasion we'll do some side jobs, but I mean, work in other departments is not a thing around here. You pretty much can only work at one. Um, so there's none of that. Like, well, I think you're talking to the Iowa cops. There's none of that where you can part-time on, on another department. That's a really weird concept to me. I know there's other places, other places that you can do. It. <laughs> uh, I know there's places you can do it in the country, but that, that seems like a really weird concept where you're like, all right, yeah, I'm a cop here on Friday. And then on Saturday I'm here, I had a boss in a security company that I worked for. And he was my boss and was like a regional manager of this company. He was also a part-time cop. And I was like, that's fucking incredible, man. He's like, that's what he had to do to make a living. Yeah. There's some guys that'll mow yards or do something, you know, on the side, but with the hours and the schedule, it's kind of hard to do anything extra, you know? Now I, before we move on, I, I feel like I kind of shit on what you were going to say as far as like this, the small town policing thing. That wasn't my intention. I'm not saying like, it's not dangerous to be like a cop in a small town or anything like that. So I hope that wasn't like, I, I hope I didn't like rain on the parade, so to speak. I wasn't trying to be. No, no you're good. Uh, I definitely think that uh, small town cops are uh, more well-rounded than the bigger city cops. I, I've heard uh, you and some others talk about just go and call to call to call and you do these little reports and go on and there's never any follow-up or investigation or nothing that done by the original officer. You know, you just pass it off to a detective and go on to the next call, you know. You know, I, so, I mean, is that what it was like where you were at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was like. And I will I will definitely say the small town guys are definitely more well-rounded. Now, experiences, I, I think, again, it's one of those things like guys are experienced in, in different things in different ways. But big city guys, unless they wanted to be, generally are not good investigators. Guys would find, all right, I don't have to do anything else. I'm out. Towards the end, especially when our dicks got so, I, I can't call them dicks. That sounded, <laughs> the sound that was, our dicks got so, you know, loaded with cases. They, you know, sergeants were finally getting after guys like, hey, maybe do a little bit of follow up. But then, then some guys were like over the top. We're like, dude, we have like 100 calls pending. Like we can't fucking help us out a little bit. So it's like kind of a necessity thing too, where, dude, I don't have fucking time for this. Um, but yeah. So At least where I worked, misdemeanors were your were your problem, unless it was something that had to be filed. So, like where I worked, you had municipal charges, and then you had the you know state county charges. If it was something that's not going to go to the county, that's your fucking problem. You gotta 
no matter the calls pending, you're going to have to be the one that closes that out. You can't send up, you know, municipal trespass or whatever. You got to close that shit out. So that could be annoying sometimes, but for the most part, you know, the big cases, we're not doing shit with those where in other, in my city probably did more than a lot of other agencies. I, you know, if you were to tell me like, all right, you have a medium sized agency, you can get a cop from a big city or a small town guy. I'm only going to take a small town guy because he's going to know how to do a lot more shit. Uh, or you were, did you do any traffic stuff at all? Did you work collisions or do DUIs or anything? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's places that aren't like that though, where, you know, they call a, a specialized unit in or whatever. If, if the wreck was bad enough, then yeah, you would call in the traffic guys. Um, but if it was like your minor fender bender, you did all that. See, we don't, I mean, we don't have traffic guys. It's you get a wreck, you go to it's yours, you know, it's, what about like a fatal you know, Does uh, a state patrol come and help with that? Or is that your problem too? Uh, some smaller departments will have reconstructors, reconstructionists and people that will do them. Uh, we will do some of our own fatals, but, um, if it's real bad, we'll ask for the state to help, uh, just because they do so many of them have all the resources, but, uh, they usually handle most of them out in the County and stuff, but some city departments will do their own. We're kind of hit or miss. Yeah, I think at least in Colorado, and I can't, I don't know shit about Iowa law enforcement, so I can't speak to that. But in Colorado, State Patrol had like the county guys, I don't think took any wrecks. The deputies, maybe they did some places, I don't know. But city guys, you're stuck with a wreck. State Patrol wouldn't come in and take your wreck in the city. In fact, and I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not, I think I have, but it's, it's so funny. I'll repeat it is I had a wreck that was pending for like an hour on the highway, and a trooper pulled up and sat behind the wreck and waited for me to come take the wreck and he even drew me out the diagram i'm like why don't you just fucking take this dude he's like oh we're not allowed to shut the fuck up you could take the wreck it's gonna be okay but it was a beautiful diagram i will give him that it was beautiful so you have troopers a hard time down here but they uh i mean to be fair to be uh, fair they do a lot i mean they're, they're essentially uh deputies themselves you know i mean they, they do everything they go to calls and they work ricks and work the highway and all that stuff so they don't like the deputies around here work their own wrecks too unless it's something like a fatal so i i i you know what i i'm it is very interesting the different state police dynamics because i know some state police they're just highway guys or like they're detailed to like take care of the governor as part of one of their units too it's weird to me that you have not only like the county, you have the deputies, but you also have state officers too. It seems like overdoing it, I guess. Well, I mean, out here, a lot of the departments are so shorthanded. I mean, everybody's working together. You know, you may have one or two deputies out and then one or two troopers out for a whole county. That, you know, that's on a good day, you know. I'm curious if, as time goes on, if some of these smaller places, for example, Iowa. The counties are very small that at least where I live, the counties are really small uh, compared to in Colorado, Weld counties like the size of Connecticut or something. So you, I feel like as a tax base, it's expensive for everybody to have a jail, everybody to have, you know, PD. It, it would make sense to me to at least in the smaller places to share the expenses like, Hey, we have the multi-county jail and we have the, you know, I like, uh, Louisville Metro, like they covered some different jurisdictions, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know they, they work the whole county, obviously. 
exactly, but I don't know if they step outside of uh, uh, Jefferson County or not. Yeah, and then I know like Las Vegas, I think is the same way where they Las Vegas Metro covers shit outside of Las Vegas proper too. So I, maybe that could be a cost saving. Look at me. I should run for office. That could be a cost saving thing where these small counties, they share some of these costs. So I don't know. Uh, well, that's kind of weird out here. There are a few regional jails, um, but every county still has a jailer, an elected jailer, whether there's an actual physical jail or not. So tell me how that makes sense. What? Yep. <laughs> uh, the county cannot have an actual jail in it, but they still elect the jailer. Well, then what's the jailer's the job? Uh, if someone, there's a county close to us that operates like that. If uh, a trooper, a deputy, or somebody arrests someone in that county, they will drive them to, they have a, a little holding facility somewhere there, and a jail staff will come out and pick them up and drive them over to the next county jail that houses them. Government. Yeah, yeah. Government. Super efficient. Yes. You know, again, it's, it's like the thing with the penny, the penny and the clear envelope. Common sense at some point should apply. Somebody in Kentucky should be like, this is bullshit. This costs people money. This is stupid. The trooper can just so, drive them to the next county. So I know some states, I don't know how it was in Colorado, um, like the sheriff's office will run the jail. That's not the same here. The sheriff's office is its own thing. The jail is its own thing. And there's a jailer and there's a sheriff and they're separate. That's fucking stupid. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we know here. And so to hear it the other way seems weird, you know? Because you hear all these deputies like, oh, I started in the jail, then made it to the road. That's not a thing here. It's two different agencies. The Commonwealth needs to get their shit together. I'm just throwing it out yeah. there. We could definitely do better. But you guys don't do bad, though. You could be Ohio, for example. Right. Could for be sure. Ohio. God darn it. The Ohio joke threw me off because I was going to go somewhere un-Ohio related. Are you a colonel? No. No, I'm not. I've heard allegedly that it's actually not too hard to become a colonel. No, I think, I mean, there's a lot of them. I don't know what the requirement is, but it's, there's a lot of them. Somebody had said that they would put me in to be a Kentucky colonel, but I had to like give them my name. And I was like, no, apparently out of state people can be Kentucky colonels. And as much as I would love to be a Kentucky colonel, if I ever get doxxed, then feel free to make me a Kentucky colonel. I would be, honored in the colonel sanders good name i would love to be uh, i think you need to be in kentucky to be a kentucky colonel personally you know what i identify as a kentucky colonel <laughs> okay so don't uh you know a joke's bad when you start laughing at your own joke before you say it that's a sign that i know it's not funny but it's okay so moving on from colonels and such what did you do before you were a cop uh well we talked about it some earlier um so i'm a big car guy so when i got out of high school i started working at a parts store and then a friend of mine's dad run a body shop so i worked in uh, both of those for a while up until i started policing is that something you miss you go back to or what do you what are your thoughts on that uh, i mean not those particular jobs but if i could uh make a living in the automotive field uh i'd probably go do it just I because think, it's what well, I'm passionate about. That's what I like doing, you know. But if I went and did it as a job, I may not like it as much, you know. You know what would drive a lot of business is if you were a Kentucky colonel, wouldn't it? Is Fair there much. like a sticker people get 
where they're like, hey, um, Elwood's Auto Body Shop, Kentucky Colonel. Like, does that automatically mean you can charge more? I don't know. I haven't seen a sticker, but they do have a uh, Kentucky Colonel license plate you can get. A specialty oh. plate. Okay, I'm contemplating at this moment leaving Iowa and moving to Kentucky simply because I want to be a Kentucky Colonel and get the Kentucky Colonel license plate. Could you imagine the Crown Vic with the uh, Kentucky Colonel license plate? It would be yeah, fucking I glorious. Picture, I can picture it now. It'd be beautiful. So this is totally unrelated to what we're talking about, but I have to make this joke because I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I, I had the, like the perfect segue for it and I, I just missed it. But we were kind of talking about like not having special assignments and things like that on patrol. Good thing is podcast is poorly made. I, I set such high expectations and then uh, I'm disappointing you guys all. Um, but the I got to get back to my roots. I so we're talking about the special assignments and how you know guys can go to traffic and they can do this or that and i've heard a lot of people say well you don't really appreciate patrol until you've been in a special assignment i'm sure you've seen those comments on meme pages right yeah okay is that like something that hot people tell the patrol officers like oh man i just like to make them feel better, like you know, like you would tell like an ugly person, like ah, no, you you look fine. Like you tell the patrol officer, like, hey man, I I miss patrol. It was great. Um, I really appreciate patrol now that I'm in the special assignment. I know you can't answer it as a rhetorical question, and if you answer, that'll be laughs. But I almost like, giggled at that joke too. But here's the other thing. I wonder on the other side of that, people that say, oh yeah, I appreciate patrol a lot more than I've been in a special assignment that are on patrol are those just people that got kicked out of special assignments again rhetorical don't answer you're going to do laps cost your whole class things thanks for laughing at my jokes dick face no problem yeah. Yeah. i like i like funny jokes uh. <laughs> <laughs> i am not a comedian i'm just a, a podcaster in my basement eating hot pockets I, mean, I would say there's nothing like patrol i mean that's all i've done but i mean I couldn't imagine. I mean, I don't want to go. I don't know. I would miss the calls and just all the, the variety you get. You know, there's not knowing what you're going to go to next. And I've heard variety is a spice of life. Somewhere. I've heard that too. Somewhere. I've heard that somewhere. That is, it is interesting. I, I just, I'm throwing it out there for everybody out there to just think about when you've or heard people say that, or if you said that to yourself, are you just lying to yourself? Are you lying to poor patrol guys? I'm just, I don't know. Um, yeah, Patrol is definitely the greatest show on earth. So, I mean, you just, you know what started to bug me towards the end? And I don't know if I ever expressed it on the podcast is, it, I'm sure I have, but the Jerry Springer aspect of Patrol, where people act like they're on a reality TV show. Now, the question is, more rhetorical questions today. The question is, is that, is that just how people act when they're faced with something traumatic? What did Jerry Spring like when you started watching these shows? I guess we'd have to ask an old timer because only an old timer would know. Is did people start acting like how they act now based on reality TV show type stuff, or had people always acted like that, or did it get worse? I'd be really curious. But I got so fucking tired of people like acting like I, I don't know that it was a reality TV show. Just fucking tell me. Let's just have a conversation. Like I'm a human being. 
you're a human being. Stop putting on a show. Like I'm not, I'm not stupid. It's not. Yeah, I can't stand the yelling back and forth. You know, when you get on a call, and they just, why? What's the point? You know, you can say the same thing at a much lower volume. Why yell? Yeah, it, it's your job. You signed up for it. Yeah, I just stop normalizing bad behavior, dick bags. Yeah, I just I hate it. I, if I, that's the one thing about patrol that I don't miss is. We're all screaming and yelling. We're all in the same room. Now, as a cop, you can do things to mitigate that. I mean, it's like one of those things, like, if you got kids? No, I don't. Okay, good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if for your kids, if, if you, like, kind of engage in, like, their madness, they fucking pick up on it, right? And it just, you got to, you can't do that. And it's the same thing there. If you... If you engage in the madness of the call, as a cop, you can de-escalate things, right? Like, hey, let's, hey, you, why don't you come outside and talk to me? We can get away from everybody. We'll talk about this. You can calm people down. I think it doesn't always work, but you can calm people down. Kind of like we were talking before. People, big city guys don't know how to act. But yeah, and if, if, if you come in and start, if you come gets, in and start yelling to match them, you're not going to bring them down. No, I fucking you hate know? that shit. And I've seen guys do that, and you're like. You're not, you're not helping at all, you know, <laughs> but it got old after a while though, too, where you could do it. You could deescalate it, but it was like groundhog's day. Like, all right. And especially it was like some of the houses you always go to. All right, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. And it just, that shit. That's one thing I definitely don't miss about patrol. Now I'm sure like the first couple times I go back into that and I'm like, Oh, I remember this. This is funny. Cause it's funny at first. But then, then it kind of like, all right, this is stupid. I can't believe people. This is why cops hate humanity because they see this type of shit all the time. I don't know about you. Um, when I have a dispute with my friends or my family, we generally we don't yell at each other and hit each other with chairs and waffles, and we don't hit each other with all this weird shit. We don't throw dildos at each other. Everybody fights. Everybody has arguments. But it, I just the Jerry Springer thing. I can't. I don't know. I, I can't. Yeah, it gets old. It gets super old. Well, buddy, we're going to do something a little bit different as long as I uh, didn't miss any bad jokes. Oh, here's what we got to talk about before we get into the IG thing, which will be a little bit different this podcast. You are such a mild mannered dude, but you make fucking fire memes. Well, I like to think so. Like, you're going to tell everyone that I'm I'm the ghostwriter for PMPM. Yeah, you're ghost he, memeing. He's the ghostwriter. He actually. He sent me a meme. It was so good. Like, And here's for all those people that send me memes and, and get butt hurt that I don't post them. Here's the story. I'm a control freak. I want to post my own shit. It's just kind of the way it's always been. However, occasionally some fantastic memes will break through and I will see them and I, I got to share them. I got to share them with the world. Um, our old friend Tobias, he sent a meme in before. Um, my old buddy, I forgot the fake name we went with on the podcast, but from the, uh, the after briefing debrief, he, he started out sending me memes and I pushed one through and that gave him the creative juice to make a page. Now I'm not taking credit for you creating your page, but you fucking sent me a meme and it was so fucking good that like donut operator shared it. It was so yeah, good. It was a little unexpected. Was that, was that the boost to have you start your page? No, I'd actually been thinking about it for a while. Um, 
I told you, I think earlier, uh, a buddy of mine once accused me of running uh, poorly made police memes. Oh, because yeah. one you made, one you made was so specific to something that we had just dealt with that he almost didn't believe me when I told him, I was like, I didn't make this. <laughs> like, this is not me. But, <laughs> so. I've, I've been accused by so many people, or so many people have sent me messages like, hey, dude, I've been accused of being you. And I think that just goes to show you, no matter big or small, that's what she said, that we've all kind of experienced a lot of the same things. Apparently, yeah. a lot of people have experienced brass fucking a rookie based on a, a meme I just posted. Yeah, I think that happens. Allegedly. You know what's disappointing now that I think about it since I was thinking about Squirrely Dan? Are you are you a Letterkenny fan, by the way? Or are you just... Uh, I haven't seen it, though. No. Okay, so I just I force it down your throat. That's what yeah. she said. I, the last podcast I did, I had a nurse on, and we talked a lot about finger and buttholes. No Squirrely Dan references. I'm very disappointed in myself, and it's almost unforgivable. But that's okay. Well, uh, what's the page that you run so everybody knows to go run over there and follow you? Uh, it's on Instagram only. I'm not on Facebook with it. Uh, disorderly conduct. Disorderly spelled with an L E at the end. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna to... you're gonna go to that page and be like, this mild mannered dude makes such fire memes. It's amazing. You never know around the corner who your meme lord is. You just never know sometimes. It's unexpected. I don't think a lot of people at my department knew I was the meme lord. I am curious. Uh, I'll have to take a poll. Because apparently it's like, it is what it is now. Everybody at my old department knows it's me. And um, I'd be curious how many people were like, oh, yeah, we knew it was you all along. Or we're like, oh, you're that dude that was doing them. I'd be curious if they were surprised or not. But yeah, I think there should only be one person in my department that knows about that page or that i run it but everyone there knows that i'm kind of the mean guy i actually well, had my chief sent me a picture one night and was like hey can you put officer so with those head on this guy's face i was like yeah give me just a minute you know it's because <laughs> he wanted to send it to him and roast him so do you think uh if they found out it was you that it would be trouble or what uh i don't want to find out so <laughs> yeah don't shit where you eat so keep it keep it on the down low yeah no, no i got a I try to play fair. I'm not trying to get uh, jammed up, but I'd still rather just nobody know. No, I think that's the best way to do it. And that's that's my advice to you, young meme lords. They're, the sandbox is big enough that we can all come in and play, but don't don't be like me. Don't fucking tell anybody. Maybe tell like your best friend. Don't tell anybody else because people want to know or people want to feel like they're cool for knowing somebody. Or even shit, man. Maybe the behind their back be like, oh, that guy sucked. Um, and then they tell people, IA's everywhere. Blue Falcons are everywhere. Don't shit where you eat. Make your memes. Don't tell a fucking soul about them. I'm just throwing it out there. You'll be a lot better off. Like, I know, wow, what was the page that made some joke and they got, uh, I can't remember. There's a page that actually made the news because the department figured out and they got fired and all kinds of crazy shit for some of the stuff they made so just throwing it out there yeah. careful about that shit and it, it kind of takes the fun away from it too because people know it takes jokes away like some dispatchers found out love you guys by the way if you're listening found out that it was me and i felt like weird making dispatcher memes not that i didn't think they were funny but i 
you know, I, I portray this asshole, but I, I'd like to consider myself like a decent dude. I'm like, well, I don't want these dispatchers to like feel bad or whatever. Right. So you, I don't know. Just don't fucking tell anybody. Really. I could have just cut that down into like two seconds. Like don't tell anybody about it, but I had a rant. That's, that's what I do is I ramble. I'm not even drunk, man. I'm just hopped up on cough syrup. All right. So buddy. Yeah. Are, are you ready to, so we're going to do things a little bit different. We have uh, Instagram has enlightened us with some cringe or not. And we're going to do a special edition of cringe or not. It's like the monopoly version you get over your town, like whatever town you live in Opoly. This is cringe or not automobile modifications. So since you're the car expert here, which by the way, you know, a question is answering. And I swear to goodness, if you fucking mm, don't disappoint me. But anyway, we're going to decide what's cringe or not for car modifications. And I'm not a car guy, so I probably don't know what half, half the shit is. Are you ready? Go for it. Actually, real quick, I'm going to mute it and blow my nose because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> All right. So I was going to mute out the blow in the nose part, but <laughs> or I was going to uh, cut it out. But it was when I was blowing my nose here, it reminded me of a story. I, uh, I live in a little town and I went to... Uh, toss some shit into like the little town dump thing some uh, recycle well not recyclable but yard waste that they burn up the old man's out there burning it and i don't know anybody so i'm just trying to be friendly and talk to him and i got this fucking cold the last couple days and uh go talk to him have a good conversation with him and i come back to the house and my wife's like you got snot down your face (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. didn't know i had no idea so so now I can't go outside ever again. The first cringe or not that we have for modifications, abuse daily stickers, cringe or not. Uh, it's cringe. Any stickers, cringe. Any sticker? Uh, most stickers. What about, by the way, I haven't seen the abuse daily thing. I don't know if that's like a certain part of the country. I haven't seen that. What about? I don't think I've seen it either. But it, I would. I could see it, though. I haven't seen it, but I could see, like, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Um, a lot of people share, like, the images of, like, Thor's hammer on, like, you know, where there's, like, damage to a car. I think it's kind of cringy. It's, like, a little funny, but it's also, eh, it's cringy. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, and I've seen, like, the Band-Aids over Big Dance and stuff. Yeah, I'm not. It's funny if it's temporary till you get it fixed, but that's not a not a forever thing. <laughs> Um, so like if you had on your car, for instance, like a PMPM badge or like a Captain America sticker or like a red ninja sticker, maybe a pit viper sticker, would that be cringe? Is it an old police crown Vic? Uh, maybe I'm a hypothetical. Super cringe. Fuck you. <laughs> this is interesting because I, I don't know where I stand on this. So I'll let you go first. Patches on a headliner. Cringe or not? Uh, if it's on the inside, I usually don't care. So say not cringe. Are you are you guys take home guys or not? Yeah, we have take homes. What are your thoughts on that? Is that I would honestly, I would have fucking loved that. That would have been awesome to have like your own car that you love and cherish. Uh, having your own car is nice. Uh, not having to burn your own gas back and forth to work is nice. Um, not ideal putting a giant target in front of your house but it kind of depends on the neighborhood you live into you know yeah i've 
I've talked to some people about that. I have friends that went to an agency where they have a take home or they have take home cars and it's, you know, to them, it was like a really foreign concept, but everybody there was like, Oh no, everybody loves us, man. Everybody loves seeing the police cars. Like where I worked, no fucking way. I would have parked it around the corner. I would have whatever. Nobody would have fucking seen that thing. Yeah, I wouldn't. There's no, if I was in a big city or a bad area, there's no way I'd want it in front of my house. Cause everybody knows when you're not there, if the car's not there, you're not there, you know? Yep. It's not, not complicated to figure that out. I don't think that's a thing anywhere. I would be curious if there's anywhere with, I don't know, more than, I don't know, a hundred cops that has take homes. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of cars to buy, you know? Yeah. You can't have a thousand officers and have a car for each one of them. It's yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I've squatted trucks. And you're not uh, super cringe. Goes without saying. Don't fuck yeah. with your cars like that. What the fuck? Why do There's people? Actually, I don't understand why people do that. I heard in North Carolina it's illegal now. Yeah, some states have made it illegal. Uh, man, it should be, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not big on making more laws, but your headlights aren't even hitting the road anymore, and you can't see what's in front of you if your front of your truck's pointed up in the air. Why do people do that? I don't get the thought of like why. What's the reason? Oh, for it? I, do they it, think it looks good? It doesn't. It doesn't even look. I don't know what they think. I mean, it looks terrible, in my opinion. I don't think I've actually seen it in person. I think that's a Southern thing. Is that like a redneck thing or what? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, most rednecks like the whole truck up in the air, but <laughs> it definitely is more in the South, I think. I don't understand why you would do it. I felt like, what was it? In Colorado, if you fucked with the suspension at all, then it was illegal. Where, like, lowriders, technically, were legal or that's that's what i was told by like a traffic guy i i wasn't gonna fucking go pull somebody over because they're a low rider i got better shit to do but i i was told that modified suspension and i saw in my little traffic book modified suspension but i didn't actually go read the statute because i i don't know i didn't think that would be anything i would ever even fuck with yeah i don't know of any laws like that around here i mean there may be but nobody enforces them if there is i got you I had uh, I had an FTO that told me that every year he read the model traffic code for Colorado. And the reason he did that is because he'd pick up different things that maybe he hadn't read or things would change. And, and it made sense why he did it, because he wanted all the tools in the world to be able to pull somebody over, to know exactly what it is. Because there's nothing worse than guys that will stop people because they're like, I think that's illegal. If I thought something was illegal, but I didn't know it was illegal... There's no fucking way I would fuck with that. No, you got to know for sure. Yep. A two inch wing. Cringe or not? Mm, not. I don't. Let's talk about the wings a little bit. The wings like the spoiler, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what kind of car it's on too, but if it doesn't stick up very high, it's not very noticeable. So, you know, who cares? Does it make your car go faster or does it look cool? Definitely doesn't go faster. It's just for looks. Okay, and then I think it's stupid. But here's the thing. It, one of the people that wrote in, which was lovely, and I, I really should send them a, a patch, is who are we to judge? Very eloquent. But we are here to judge because it's cringe or not stupid. Right. But I, I do appreciate his point. Tinting every window, cringe or not cringe? Uh, looks good. Uh, from a police standpoint, I'm not a fan of 
super dark tint or tinted windshields. I like to be able to see who's in there, but just from a, a car guy point of view, it looks good. Well, it, it looks good, and it honestly it's cooler in the car too. You don't have right. the fucking sun beating down on you. I was I was never a guy that would pull people over for tent. I never carried a tent meter with me. It wasn't my my thing. I think there's pros and cons to it. Like I'm not gonna necessarily trash people that are big on the tent thing because again, it's knowing your knowing the laws. You can stop people for that. It's illegal. And it is definitely an officer safety type thing where if if people are compliant, the tinted windows aren't a big deal. They roll down their windows, it's not a big deal. But if they're not, it's a big fucking deal. So Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times where if they're real dark, I'll have them roll down the back windows or all the windows, you know, as you're approaching. But it's like you said, if as long as they're compliant and cool about it, then it's no big deal. Overly loud mufflers, cringe or not. Depends on the car. Shut <laughs> up. Some- I've had serious? some cars with loud mufflers, uh, you know, but if it's just to make it loud, then no, but it depends I guess on it the depends, car. It depends on your definition of loud. My, okay. So I had a 1978 Ford Mustang too, when I was a teenager and yeah, that's disgusting. Well, fuck off. It was my first car. I loved that car. And it was kind of like the town bicycle. It would kind of get sold and then sold back to the same dealership. And then some dumb kid would buy it and then it gets sold back. And um, so I, I had a run with it for a couple of years and it was my first car. I loved it. I saved my own money for it. Plaid seats, eight track player, air supply, eight track in there. It was awesome, but it had a four banger, you know, so you could only get going real fast if you're going down a hill and it had a four banger and it wasn't fuel efficient either. Seventies were a weird time. I'm sure. But it had a glass pack on it when I got it. Yeah, that's no good. It was stupid. It was really yeah. stupid. Um, I I don't remember what happened. I think I ran something over, and then I was like, well, I'll just put a muffler on. I don't need a glass pack. Or did I but, get a glass pack because I was a dumb teenager because it was cheaper? Holy shit. I, I'm, I'm, a core memory is coming out. I think what actually happened I have to take that back. I think what actually happened as I was driving like an asshole and I took off most of the exhaust driving somewhere I shouldn't have been driving. And where I live, there wasn't emissions. And the guy that fixed it was like, well, this is a glass pack. It's a lot cheaper. I said, okay, just put it on there. So <laughs> that was my bad. I was an idiot. But just making them loud for the sake of being loud. No, I'm not a fan. But if it if it's the right kind of car and sounds good, then I'm all for it. Uh, I disagree. Well, no, I'm with you, but it, it's within reason, I suppose. Here's a, here's a good story, a cop story. Me and my buddy were riding too, man, and we see this dude in a Subaru. I don't are the Subaru WRXs still pretty big. The kids like them, the high school kids. Uh, I don't know if they're as popular as they were when they first come out, but they're still a thing. Yeah, I think they're like a cool little car, right? And um. That was really popular and kids would do all the weird shit. I mean, I remember we're about the same age. I remember when fucking uh, what the hell's the movie? The uh, there's like eight of them now. Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. I haven't seen any of them past one. I was done with the series there, but all the kids were getting Euro lights on their car and getting little lights on or all kinds of weird shit. Right. Well, so anyway, me and my buddy are riding two man. And this, you know, kid has a really modified wrx and he's fucking flying down the street i mean it's a residential he's doing at least 60 we stop him we cut him a huge break man 
We don't fucking ride them for speeding. We, only thing we ride them for is having loud exhaust. And we only did that because he he needed a ticket, but we weren't going to try and fuck him either, right? Mm -hmm. He took us to court. We went to court on that, and we played our the, the you know the DA played the the body camera, and you could just hear the thing like. Rrr! And the judge find him like the highest amount. I'm like, you fucking idiot kid. We're trying to help you out. Anyway, try and help somebody out and they fuck with you. What's the difference between what's a Carolina squat? Is that something different or is that the same thing as a squatted truck? No, that's the same thing as far as I know. I don't know if there's a different definition. Angry Jeep grills, colored halos and headlights. Grand. Uh, it's funny funny that you brought up Fast and the Furious because you know how all the kids back then um, rust out there Honda Civics and all that with all the lights and bumpers and oh yeah headlights. Okay, that's what the new Jeep people are doing. It's the same thing. <laughs> all all, all the new Jeep Wrangler. No one's gonna follow know. your page. All the Jeep pros yeah, are gonna fucking cancel you because it's a bunch of cops too. But just putting stuff on there because it's in a catalog or. On it's the same thing dude that's so fucking funny yeah that's i at least in colorado i feel like a lot of the cops you know had like you know cops would make fun of people for the stupidest shit and then like the same people that would make fun of the blue line punisher things would also be the people that would get like the stickers on their car that said it's a jeep thing and if one of yep. my buddies is listening to me i love you buddy but you got a jeep problem or and maybe it's jealous you know i don't have a jeep and I, I can't go like, I don't know, a bunch of dudes go drive out in the middle of nowhere and drive their Jeeps around. I don't know what else is happening on those trips. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, the Jeep Jeep is bad. My brother's a Jeep bro, too. He's yeah, a Jeep bro. It's getting out of control. Yeah. Well, I, what do you think about the guys that do like the rock crawling? I don't know how big that is out there. Uh, I mean, like off-roading the four-wheeling huge out here. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all fine. I mean, I've had several off-road vehicles in the past. It's a good time. Do you have the cars, though? Like, the guys out west have the cars that literally, like, go up a fucking mountain, like rocks yeah, and yeah. all that shit. Yeah, there's a few out here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, trail riding around here. A lot of people around here are into the, uh, like, the side-by-sides, the razors and all that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's a big thing out here. A lot of people have those. And golf carts. People in town have golf carts. Is that a thing out where you live too? No. I mean, I mean a few, but it's not. Uh, it's more of the side-by-sides. I'm blown away by the high number of golf carts. It could be because it's so flat and you don't need like an ATV or something. Just golf cart. Uh, let's see where we're at. Punish your skull on anything. Yeah, of course. That's great. Oh, yeah. Well covered. Underglow on a rusted out Honda Civic. On underglow on anything is cringe. So hold on though. If if the, the underglow lights hit the rust just right, it's fucking beautiful. You don't think so? I'll disagree. No. Okay. I I think the, the the rust and the lights, it's it's magical, you know? The muffler that's falling off, dangling off. Modified the modified lift fix that people in the hood deck out with monster and strobe lights. I've never seen that. No, I don't think I've seen that either. I've seen like, I've seen the lifted Vix, like, I, but it's more of like a hillbilly thing. Oh, we got another angry eyed grills on Jeeps. Eyelashes, antlers, 
red nose on cars. Yeah, cringe. I mean, I disagree, but go on. If it if it's some old woman that's just in the holiday spirit and wants to put the reindeer nose on, I get it, but it's not for me. Wait, so you can't be a grown man with the holiday spirit? Who made you not fucking a, Ebenezer Scrooge? Bah humbug. Not with a reindeer nose on your on your jeep. No, have a little fun. Well, the one thing I did want to throw out there is the eyelashes. I think that's the Lyft thing, right? Or Uber. That's why they have the eyelashes, so they know you're a Lyfter and Uber guy, right? Yeah, I think that's a thing. I think it's Lyft, but I've seen them on the on the Volkswagen Beetles. They have the round headlights, and people put the eyelashes above them because they're round. Um, are the Mary Kay cars still a thing? I don't know if that's still a thing. I, like <laughs> I haven't seen one in years. Murdered. By the pink Cadillac. Yeah, I, I just feel like with everything that's happened in the world, I think Mary Kay's like kind of gone the way of a lot of these other mail order things. Cutting the cat out to make custom exhaust. Uh, we kind of covered it a little bit, but yeah, if you're just doing it for the sake of making it loud, not a fan. But if you're just trying to sell it for some scrap metal, then you know it's cringe. <laughs> I was I I was listening to the Adam Carolla podcast, and they were talk they were reading a story off about. Some guy was like in the middle of stealing a catalytic converter, and the guy gets yeah. in the car, doesn't know the dude's under it, and fucking drives off with the dude under it and kills him. Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, several stories where uh, people have been stealing converters in the, the jack falls and it crushes them. Oh no, yeah, the shame. Oh my god, you think it's funny when criminals get hurt? Yes, yes, I do. Thin blue line license plate frame. Yeah, you shouldn't put thin blue line on anything. You know, it, I feel like it used well, to be a code to like, hey, don't write me a ticket, but anybody can get those. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, um, if you're just doing it to be supportive, that's one thing. But if you're a cop doing it, eh, hard pass. Yeah, I agree. Again, it's one of those things where I, I'm like, ah, oh, it's cringe. But I, there is also that element you have to remember. Like, be, there are good people that support cops, and that's um, that's a good way for them to feel like they're supporting us if that makes any sense we shouldn't we shouldn't be mean to those folks now when they cover their entire car with that i think they're subject to ridicule absolutely volunteer firefighters who make their car look like an undercover police car i've never seen that uh we have several out here that will buy the old crown vicks for chargers and they've got the push bumpers and all the lots on them uh, see where where yeah, I've lived is the volunteer guys will you know they'll have whatever car they have and they'll just throw a light on it and it's not a big deal. Oh, we have that too, but there's a lot of them that will buy uh, cars that look like police cars. I don't know if that's on purpose or just just what they like, but could be because they're cheap. Here's a good one for you, buddy. Getting into your expertise, what is the best thing to put on a car? Mm, as far as no the answer for that, it depends on what the car is or what you want it to do. You know. What would you want a car to do? When you buy a new car, what's the first thing you do to it if it doesn't have it? Depends on what it is, but if it's like a, a Mustang or something, it's probably going to get like some new wheels and tires, something to make it look different. So I would say wheels and tires. That's a weird thing for me. My brother's into that too. I don't get it. I don't get the wheels and tires thing at all. I've never once looked at a car and said, those are fucking cool tires. I don't. I think that's a car guy thing. I don't, I don't know. I will say that uh, my the the rims on my Crown Vic are rusting a little bit, and I'm gonna have to spray paint them very soon. Is that cringe? No, you gotta do it. It'll look better. It will look better, and it'll yeah. stop the rust. 
what is the worst modification you can make to a car? Hmm. That's a tough one. How about a bad driver? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a modification, but I'll I'll go with it. It's a driver driver mods a thing. Car guys will get it. All the car guys are slapping their knees and laughing. Oh, that was a good one, buddy. And all the rest of, a of us are thing, like, but... what the fuck? It's a racing thing. Crown Vicks are the best cop car, but people who buy them and modify them are cringe. I clarified with this guy, though, and I said, well, is buying them cringe? And he's like, it's a little cringe, but modifying them is very cringe. What it, What is your stance? I mean, what can you do with the Crown Vic? It's already good to go, you know? Hold on. Where's my, oh, my God. I didn't have my soundboard up. I'm fucking terrible. I was about to blow people's eardrums out with the yeah sound. That's what I'm saying, though. That is exactly what I'm saying. It's perfect. Well, speaking of that, since we're right there already, good sir, in your opinion, besides the 1974 Dodge Monaco, what is the best police car of all time? I did enjoy my Crown Vic. Um, I don't like but it. Being a, no, it's still it's iconic. It's it's the police car when you think of a police car. But uh, Ford let us down. They got behind the times and didn't keep it up to date. You know, it got too slow, too heavy. I don't, I don't but that being said, I, I don't particularly like the Charger either. But I'm just saying Ford Ford let us down. So what what is the best car then? I mean, we'll go with Crown Vic. I'm just saying they could have kept it going had they stayed with the times. Now, you, okay. I mean, you kind of scared the shit out of me. And then I, you had me in the first half. I was confused. You had a picture of the old Caprice. Did you have those when you started? No, that was, uh, that one I sent you was way before I started. That was... Uh, one of the fire department cars, I think. Uh, okay. Some, I don't remember. Actually, I do remember it where, where it was, so I don't want to dime them out. But somebody sent me a picture, and they're like, dude, we still have one that's still part of the fleet, and they just use it for special events, and it's like a 96 Caprice. There's no debate that those are fucking cool. I would love one, man. You just, I said it way early in the podcast. Like, I really want to get one. You can't find them for a reasonable price. You just can't. Like Vicks, they're no, fucking everywhere. You, could, If I get on uh, Facebook Marketplace and I just go to any big city around me and put in Crown Vic, there's at least four or five at any time. Caprice and four or five is like at the no. low end. Caprice, they're just not there. And if they are there, they're expensive. Yeah. I don't know who sent me it. Somebody sent me one that was out in, I think in Ohio. And I was just about to go on a trip to Colorado and I, I didn't pursue it more, but fucking like a 94. And it was like still had some of the police stuff on it. And it was like four grand. And I, not that I have four grand to blow, but it was tempting. And I, I kind of wish I would have pursued it because I will never find a deal like that again on the Caprice. Um, all right. Now, the moment everybody's been waiting for. The only reason people listen to the podcast, Elwood, have you ever shit yes. your pants? No, not. I don't have a good story. No, I'm not going to deny that, uh, you know, some leakage every now and then, but not, <laughs> I don't have a good. Uh, <laughs> A good pooping story. All right. So every once in a while, you get that surprise when you're doing laundry. I don't remember doing that. Yeah. I don't remember eating corn. I mean, it happens, but I don't have a uh, a good full blowout story for you. All right. Fair enough. You know what we are going to debut on this podcast and you're going to be a big part of? Pooping on duty. The tactics. Heard here first on Poorly Made Police Memes. There's a, a debate between the folks, and I'm going to try to remember to make this a common theme but when you have to take a shit on duty do you take the keepers off do you leave them on what's your technique uh keepers are off the whole belt comes off okay 
Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. too hard to get it all back up and get everything tucked in and squared away for me. Plus, you got your belt laying there in the floor. Wait, so you – hold on a second. You said the, be, the belt comes off, right? Yeah. Keep yourself – okay. So that's the problem. I, I always felt weird taking everything off, especially – and the way I, like, wore my – I don't know. It worked for me, the way I wore all of my stuff. And I'm not going to go through how I wore everything. But it, taking it off and putting it back on was, like, kind of a big pain in the ass. And – if you had to sh- take a shit in a pinch and maybe you weren't somewhere that you'd want your belt on the floor, I, I want to be the gun. Like I want my gun still on me. That's how paranoid I was. Is even when I was shitting, I was ready to smoke somebody. And the place I took the most dumps, it was very convenient. Here's if you want to keep your belt on, here's some tips from, from Jake or Lenny. If you can lighten the load a little bit, take your mags out, take your taser off that way when you bring the belt back up, because I kept the keepers on, you bring the kelp, the belt back up, it's not as heavy. If you have everything still on it, it's, it's fucking heavy. And then you bring it back up, you tighten everything, cinch everything back down, and then you put all your keep, you know, then you put um, your, uh, all your shit back on. Or ma- See, I think that's... I took off one keeper. I think I took one keeper off just to make it a little bit easier. But it, it's where you poop, too. It depends on the kind of space you have. But that always worked for me. It seemed like the most efficient thing to do is you just, you know, wash your hands, pop everything back on and go. Well, see, for me, I think I sent you a message about that. Uh, I live inside my jurisdiction, so I always go home to do my business if I can. So that makes, I think that makes a difference. If, if I came home and I was at home or a really safe place or where I was, yeah, I would take it off. For instance, if I, uh, if I was still at the station, sometimes I just go down the locker room. I keep my radio on and I throw my belt in the locker and go to town. You know, it's, it just depends on the circumstance. I'm just saying it can be done with your belt on just throwing it out. Uh, did you wear the, the shirt stays that connect to your sock? Do you ever wear those? I did not, but I knew guys that did. I just, I do you wear those. That complicates things. Yeah. If you wear those, then you've got your shirt being pulled down by those. So it's, it's complicated. So do you wear the shirt stays? Yes. So not only do you have to take your belt off, but you have to unsnap those things too, right? Yeah, usually. Or you end up with your shirt being pulled down and you got to deal with that, you know? If I had that, I would have shit my pants. Like I would have shit on the back of my fucking uniform shirt. <laughs> I, that's too much. That's That settles that debate for me if, when I go back. Not getting shirt stays. I don't want to shit my pants. That's That's too much to fucking undo. I never got the shirt stays. I, I never, I mean, I guess I couldn't tell. I mean, that's one of those things where I, I just, I, you know, just fucking tuck in your shirt. Why you gotta be weird about it? Does it really make that big of a difference? I've always worn them. I like them. I mean, it keeps it pulled tight. That way you don't have to keep tucking it in, you know, who keeps tucking in their shit. People that want to look good. <laughs> it doesn't fucking come undone <laughs> unless you get in a fight. It doesn't fucking come undone during the day. Although, no, but if you're, you're twisting around and, Bending over and stuff, sometimes it gets pulled up and then it'll bunch up above the pants. You know, it keeps it pulled down nice and tight. Tighten your belt. Do you wear short like do you wear a shirt stay when you go like to court? You wear if I'm like, in uniform if I'm if I'm in uniform, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, dress clothes. If you're wearing dress clothes to like a wedding or an event, do you wear a shirt stay? No. But does your shirt does your shit get undone? No, but I make sure it's tucked in before I get in front of people, you know, mm-hmm. before I go in. 
You shirt stay guys are fucking weird. That's the weirdest fucking shit I have ever heard. What what the fuck? Now that's another thing that I got I gotta ask people about now. Shirt stays. Thanks a lot. All right, I got a new question though. Are you ready for a brand new one? It's gonna blow your mind. Go for it. Favorite band of all time. Wow, that's tough. It's not the blues brothers. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to lie I will occasionally listen to the soundtrack to that movie and then they have a great album called Briefcase Full of Blues or something along those lines I think it was recorded before the movie came out it's fucking good really enjoyable but anyway probably going to be kind of basic I'm going to go with Foo Fighters big Foo Fighters fan there goes my hero yeah you know what Foo Fighters is very good Foo Fighters the color and shape is one of my favorite records of all time. After that, Foo Fighters are kind of hit and miss for me, but I I feel like I, I kind of missed out on some of their stuff because, you know, you listen to the radio stuff and it's kind of like wishy-washy, I guess. For me, it depends on what it is. I'd be curious about the album cuts, but the uh, Taylor Hawkins, though, man, that dude was fucking talented. Yeah. I watched a video, not to go like way off topic, but I watched a video, I guess, of their last show, and I didn't realize... He would come off the kit and fucking sing a song. That fucking guy could be could have been a fucking frontman of a band. Holy shit, fucking fantastic voice. He's fucking doing Queen songs. That dude is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Another tragic story of drugs are bad. Well, buddy, we've come to our conclusion of the very poorly made police memes podcast. Do you have any impending or impending? I always fucking say that. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that listen to the podcast? Nothing any better than it's already been said. Um, just treat people good, the people you encounter, and uh, take care of your buddies that you work with. And for the rookies, turn the radio off when you go home. Solid fucking advice, my friends. Well, there you have it, folks. If uh, you guys want to support this podcast, you guys know all the ways to do it. You can click the link at the very end here and donate a few bucks put a little jingle in my pocket to uh help this thing keep going you guys are awesome a bunch of you guys have done it and it's super helpful and it's awesome and i'm honored by it tell a friend tell a family member tell people you think would enjoy the podcast don't tell them to listen to episode one of season one though terrible idea no one should ever listen to that i really should take it down but tell people about it's awesome word of mouth is huge i've noticed an uptick of listens lately so you guys are awesome for doing that of course take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast because without them I'd have to get a real job at a factory and I can't sit still. And of course I got all the fine fun merch. So father's day is coming up. Mother's day is coming up. Actually, by the time it's come out, mother's day might've passed. Here's some advice. Even though this podcast is probably over by now, get your wife something for mother's day. Even if she tells you, well, I guess if you have kids, don't get her something for mother's day. If you haven't had kids, that could be awkward, but buy your wife something. She'll like it. Not necessarily from me, but you can't. That was a weird ramble, but with that said, remember, KFC is a shizzle. I love most of you. <laughs> <laughs>